Welcome back to the Common Sense Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Timothy Crumley, and I'm here uh, with uh, uh, Emma Cranston. And we are going to be talking about uh, uh, managing and running a private practice, something that we touch on in our podcast uh, pretty frequently. But today we're going to actually zero in on managing specific processes and things that we're doing both in, within Common Sense as a whole group, but also Emma will speak to how uh, she manages her own practice um, and basically tips and tricks uh, to how to, to best do that. Uh, but first, here's a little bit more about our group. The Common Sense Wellness Network is a group of practitioners comprised mainly of mental health counselors, social workers, and nurse practitioners serving clients within New York State. We are primarily a tele-based practice, although we do also offer in-person services, and we've been in operation since the summer of 2018. You can find out more about us on our website at www.commonsensemh.com. Thanks. All right, so we'll get started here. Emma, thank you for for joining me this afternoon. It is good to be back. Yeah, same, same. So yeah, we were you know talking about uh, different topics that we want to focus on for our podcast, and kind of, and I know we reviewed what we've uh, talked about more recently in our last several episodes, and it seems like it's a good time to jump back to sort of general private practice management uh, items. Yeah. Um, this is something that, you know, the stuff going on at Common Sense as a larger group, um, some changes that we have made and that we're in the process of making that I think have been pretty positive. Um, but it, it brings up the topic of like how to manage these things, such as like, you know, intakes and receiving clients and coordination of care with other agencies, um, you know, managing things like, you know, I mean, we talk a lot about billing in here, but, you know, managing <laughs> managing that, right? And then, you know, administrative stuff in general and balancing that with, you know, caseloads and seeing clients and all that. So we'll, we'll do sort of a general discussion on that today, if that works. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I guess I'll jump in first, if that you works. You have the complex end. I feel like my end is kind of silly easy. So yeah, let's hear from you. <laughs> yeah, well, um, it probably is silly easy, honestly, because I think for... <laughs> for- <laughs> <laughs> for individual providers, a hundred percent. I mean, there's still quite a bit there, even if you have, you know, support with your overhead, right? Like, it, there's still things you're having to do. So, um, I don't want to downplay that, but no, a hundred percent. I, um, yeah, with with common sense, right now we have. Uh, I don't actually know exactly. I should go back and, and recount. Um, I think we're at like 33, 34 providers altogether, including you know we have interns, we have um, that are you know they're within the private practice of their supervisor, right? So they're not a direct employee or an intern of common sense because common sense cannot oversee anything clinically. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, we have interns within practices and then we have the licensed providers, of course, that are contracted uh, with, with our group. Uh, and it is, I mean, it's it's a lot of uh, insurance paneling. That's a big thing that, that we're doing. Um, and actually, and I'll start there. If that, that might be just a good place for us to start in terms of doing that. So um, from a group standpoint, what's been interesting is uh, we initially uh, attempted to, well, at one point we were contracting with a third party uh, person that that was helping us with that. And then we switched over to having an employee. We had a shared employee with another practice at one point. We had another employee after that. And over time, over the years of us doing it, um, I know both Carlos and myself, you know, being co-owners, uh, became very accustomed to the billing process. Um, and, and again, not to toot my own horn too much, but uh, I would say that we've become, you know, pretty good experts 
in in that. It, yeah, thank you. Um, in that in, in that setting, you know, where in terms of you know what you know how to panel somebody, how to manage you know filing claims and following up on claims that are being rejected and you know things of that nature, uh, we've gotten very accustomed to it. And um, and there's plenty of third party services out there. And what I would say is, for somebody who's in their own practice, part of this is really going to depend on whether they go uh, with insurance or not, whether they decide mm-hmm. to take insurance. Which we've had we've had other episodes on this talking about self-pay versus mm-hmm. insurance. Uh, so I won't get too far into that. But, you know, for somebody who is looking to take on insurance clients, it probably is in their best interest to contract with somebody, at least temporarily, to help with the paneling process. Yeah. Um, yeah, like that. You know, I mean, somebody can certainly do it on their own. And for somebody who's really into that, into the, the kind of bureaucracy aspect of it, and some providers are, um, you could you can do it yourself. It's not this thing that's, you know, this foreign thing that you have to have a special degree or, you know, letters to manage, right? It's it's something that if you have the right experience, you can do it. But if you're brand new... I would never... Yeah. I could barely, like, sign off on the things I handed to you. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot, a lot of our providers feel that way, right? That's partly, among other reasons, that's why they're in the group. Um, totally. Yeah, they, they just don't want to do it, and 100%. So, uh, unfortunately, we've become pretty accustomed to doing it on the back end. Um, and part of it is, too, you know, so what's interesting from a group standpoint is as the group ages and gets experience and, and grows, um, you, I think you really get to a place where it makes sense to focus on specific panels if you do have providers that are going to be taking insurance. And that's what Common Sense has done. We have, you know, three or four uh uh, three or four uh, uh, panels that we work with um, that we recommend to our providers when they come on. They don't have to take that insurance. They can take other plans that they want. They don't have to take any insurance. They want to be self-pay only. So the provider always has veto power in that. But we very much push and say, all right, if you do want to take insurance, these are the ones that we suggest. Um, mm-hmm. And that's that's a, you know, that, that really helps because once you get... Um, for lack of a better term, kind of embed with one of those panels where you have a rep over there that you're working with and that you can, you know, check in with quickly on things. You know their application process. You've been through it a million times. That really helps, actually. Um, Absolutely. It makes it so much easier, I imagine, to just, like, get things done. Yes, exactly, exactly. Like, I would say, like, good, good examples would be, you know, we are experts and really good at getting somebody set up with something like CDPHP or Fidelis or Blue Mm -hmm. Shield. Um... Optum, we've done it. Um, actually, I'm just I just um, followed up on something for a provider who's going to be taking Optum United, um, but that's not one we work closely with, and we're not planning on doing so. So, like that was those were new waters for me, and we could still manage it, but you know it took a little bit longer. We don't we don't know when they're going to get back to us. I don't have a rep over there that I can check in with. So it's things like that. Like you just right. you don't you don't it's have a lot that. more inefficient. A lot more inefficient and. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why we don't recommend it, but we can do it. Um, and we give the provider those caveats, right? We say, this may take longer. We're not accustomed to this panel, but we'll give it a shot. Um, yeah. You know, so I think for on a group setting, that's, you know, what ends up happening is you kind of get into a groove with the panels you can work with and then you, you work with those. But as an individual, brand new, not knowing where to start, it is good to contract, I think, with somebody to, to help with that. Um, mm-hmm. I know we had services that were very helpful at the beginning. Uh, eventually, we outgrew those services and we didn't need them anymore. Um, and then it became too much of a, you know, it was just way too expensive for the amount of mm-hmm. volume we were processing and for the fact that we really already knew how to do it. Um, But for a single individual provider, that service may be exactly what they need. Um, Not to mention too, a lot of EHRs, ours 
very much included in this with therapy notes, are very easy to manage on that end too. And they're making it easier for providers to individually submit their own claims. Um, yeah. Right. Which is kind of wild, by the way. Like, yeah. I was great one day to like resubmit a claim and then decided I didn't care. But like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I let you guys do it instead. <laughs> I, it's interesting to hear you kind of like review from day one of Common Sense. Not that I was here from day one, but I was like mm. 2019 Common Sense. You're pretty close. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 And it's just so interesting to like hear you review all of the the processes and changes yeah. that you guys have undergone. And even just like the concept of having like about 35 providers is mind boggling. <laughs> uh, it is. Cause like, I feel like from when I came in, it's like five-ish. Yeah. Five yes. or seven. That's right. Like that. It was. Like, it is so crazy. The amount of growth. And there, obviously I'm so grateful to be here from, from early on, but I wonder what it would have been like to like start as a new provider, because you guys have streamlined mm. so much. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I really liked the experience of being here from the beginning and getting to learn. Like, I feel like I still got a very unique perspective mm. as just a standard old provider. Sure. But, like, man, for anyone starting with you guys today. Yeah. Like, they have a very, very smooth process. <laughs> and I'm happy you know, you guys. <laughs> for sure. I, well, I definitely appreciate that. And I think, I mean, I can't speak for, I'm thinking of newer providers that have come on in the last year. I can't speak for them and they could certainly refute this if any of them are listening. Um, and please let me know if this isn't your experience. But um, but that said, I, I, I would hope so. And I think so. You know, I think that mm-hmm. we have, we've, we've gotten it pretty down. Um, and part of that is, you know, I mean, there's just, there's been so many changes, but yeah, part of that is, is the experience. Part of it is, um, like, for example, like we have a set training process, right? So that's already been, I think, pretty streamlined in the last, you know, even last couple of years. Uh, that's also going to be updated. So my point being, you know, even though it is probably a lot more streamlined than when you first started, there are still changes that come up from time to time. Okay. One thing that we're going to start doing um, is right now, so Carlos does the main onboarding with any new provider. So he's reviewing therapy notes and Google and how we submit claims and how we panel. And he goes over everything in like a hour, two hour training. Um, the next time he does that, he hasn't done it yet. Next time he does it, um, we're going to, because our Google meets allows us to do this. Now we're going to record the training and we're actually going to begin using Google classroom to have these trainings listed for our providers. Yeah. So then we can basically, and I can assign them, I can assign them homework. I can say, yep, you need to watch this video and complete this or this. So I want to start using that more. Um, I, I test, I did like a test pilot with it with a couple of the interns when they needed to go through uh, training to do screenings with clients and um, that worked out well. And yeah. So like to your point, like, I mean, cause these are things that like we do, you know, Carlos is the same training every time someone comes on and not that he doesn't mind doing that, but it is repetitive. It's like, it's a time sink. It, it sure is. Other stuff he could do. And what he can do instead. And what, what we'll do when we, or as we're using Google Classroom more and more, is um, he'll, so we'll have videos, we'll have training videos listed, and then he'll still have a call with the new provider and he'll go over questions that they have, right? Mm-hmm. So did you watch the video? Okay, what are your questions? And he can, then he can still do a training with them, but it'll be more individual focus for that provider and their needs and their questions. Um, yeah, so it will be streamlined even further. But yeah, to your point, 100%, it's very different now coming on as a new provider than it would have been back then. Um, and that's and from a group standpoint, and this there's probably I think some of this on an individual level too for somebody who is just in their own practice. Um, there, yeah, there's just a growing curve to it. Mm-hmm. There's a learning curve. 
you know, and until you actually do it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's, there's a lot of nuance that I've learned along the way, just around, like, like you said earlier, we talk about billing a lot, just learning how to read an ERA or maintain my records of like catching that maybe I didn't get paid for a session or, you know, something like that. Um, but even in like, the little things like recognizing that I don't want to have, you know, five intakes in one week mm. because that's kind of a lot of paperwork that I don't want to do all kind of repetitively. Sure. Because I, I realized over time, like, I, this makes me sound like a terrible therapist. I'm sorry in advance. But I realized when I was doing way too many intakes in one week, I was starting to confuse, like, you know, what mid-30s young woman mm. uh, is navigating relationship issues um well two out of the three from this week so which one was what yeah like, yeah well, like it just kind of started to blend together unless it was a, a lovely week of very very diverse like presenting difficulties where i'm kind of like okay yeah, i know this is the person navigating relationship stuff this one's having a career change like i could keep it straight easier but yeah just too many intakes at once is too much to manage for me. So 100%. just the learning curve there was interesting. Yeah. What actual choice coming from, you know, as we've acknowledged in the past, coming from a place where I didn't have any say mm. over my schedule or anything. Sure. Yeah. I could have three intakes in a week if it lined up that way and it could just be kind of chaotic and crazy. So yeah. it's nice to be able to like take the ownership of your own schedule and your own billing and your own practice. That makes sense. A hundred percent. I'm glad to hear that. And I, I agree. It, um, it's something where, and a lot of agencies, unfortunately, I think operate that way, um, yeah. where, uh, or even groups like ours where, yeah, there's an expectation that you're going to take on X number of clients and you just take mm-hmm. them if they're sent to you. Mm-hmm. There has to be something really catastrophic for you to not take them or not, yes. you know, or, or, be, or to be permitted rather to, to not take them on, which I have, I have my own feelings about. And we've, we've talked about before too, but a hundred percent like that. That's something that I, I believe should very much be up to the provider because that, that's a great point you were making in that context. Yeah, that's not because you're a bad therapist or anyone in that position is a bad therapist. It's just like how the human brain works, right? If you're getting five intakes at once, you're going to mix yeah. people up. I mean, yeah. and right, hopefully you don't do it in your documentation or when you're meeting with them. But like when you're trying to conceptualize the case or, you know, process or mm-hmm. sit through like, okay, what, what does the treatment planning to look like? What do we need to be focusing on and working on? easily it's you're gonna have that you know you're gonna be thinking of one person but really mean to be thinking of another um yep. and knowing Absolutely. and like you said knowing that okay if there's diverse issues or if we're talking two or three intakes versus five or more generally you don't have you don't have that same experience right it's easier to manage yeah. um yeah absolutely yeah i kind of cat myself bit too now yeah it makes sense maybe three if i'm in a really good like motivated mood or something and that's still a lot in a week or two in terms of new people to take on it's it's a lot to take on you know intakes are always you know and that's actually a good segue for us to talk about that topic too but um you know it intakes it it, it takes up a lot even just the rapport building the paperwork yeah Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely so that that makes sense yeah and, and as far as that goes so that's another piece that is interesting that um you know so yeah with the billing like i said i think it um just to sort of summarize that before I shift, I think it's yeah. important to make sure, kind of like you know we we advise for people in private practice to have legal resources or to certainly to have their own accountant, right? To be yeah. working through some sort of accounting system, um, 
you know, where it's not just them doing that. It's the same thing with the billing and with the, the paneling. Um, once somebody is paneled and they get and they get going and that they have a really good EHR program that they're using and they learn and become accustomed to it, they may be able to consider, you know, parting ways with their third party provider or whatever mm-hmm. and, and just doing that. Um, but that really depends on their comfort level and their experience with it. Um, yeah. You know, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as far as intakes go, so that's another big thing that comes up, right? Going in your own practice and with our group. Um, and we've had some, some, I think really positive changes more recently with how we're doing it on the group level. Um, but I think, you know, I mean, definitely having your forms ready, right? Again, this goes back to basics, but, you know, ensuring that you have, uh, forms that do an adequate job of explaining your informed consent that ask the right questions. Mm -hmm. And again, this is something where, I mean, even if somebody if somebody is looking to embark completely on their own, at the very least, I would advise having like a consultation with another provider who's already in private practice who's been doing that, right? Um, yeah. Right, and, and just have, and I've had people here and there, not, I don't get it all the time, but I have folks reach out who just want to do a consultation on, on how to do it. And, you know, I'll book time with them and they'll pay me and I'll go over with them, you know, what I did. Um, so... That's something where, you know, you may want to consider like, all right, maybe I, I need to, you know, set aside like a consultation fee, you know, maybe even mm-hmm. just for a few meetings, right? But meet with a provider who can, you know, kind of talk you through that. Um, and yeah, because I think that's the big thing is having the right paperwork in place, having, you know, whatever communication system you're going to use, your phone system, et cetera, you know. So that's mm-hmm. something where somebody with that experience can point you to specific programs and resources as well um mm-hmm. but where i would definitely advise getting guidance go ahead or pro tip join some place like common sense or you could join common sense yeah yeah i mean as somebody who did it it's very <laughs> easy to not have to make it all up yourself that's right that's right so i mean and, and, and that's a great plug and i did not I did not pay Emma to make that plug. Um, no, I promise. <laughs> but I was going to say, uh, that's a great plug for a group like ours because 100% that that's, we're managing that, right? You don't have to come yeah. up with your own forms. And um, we've also, I think we've been very flexible where if we find an ongoing or reoccurring issue that's coming up or if we get provider feedback, we've, we've revised our forms if there's a certain situation mm-hmm. that, again, we just didn't account for initially. And, you know, we've revised our, our informed consent many times over the years yeah. to account for different things, oh, gosh, you know, and now we, again, thankfully we have this really, I think, well-rounded uh, informed consent, which I'm sure we'll revise again at some point, but, um, <laughs> That's ongoing. But yeah, you have a group that's doing it for you, right? And, you know, the group is, you know, sending out the paperwork and getting the clients set up and ensuring that they're ready to go before they meet with you. Um, Mm -hmm. So you don't have to worry about any of that. And yeah, if you're outside of a group, that again, I would just consult, consult, consult. But you're managing that. And to your point, Mm -hmm. Emma, um, I don't know, that's just additional work for a lot of providers. Um, Right. For some, they may enjoy that and that works and that's great. Great for them. But for, for, I know for many, that hasn't been the case. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. On the individual level, I feel like I've kind of streamlined my own personal intake process where, you know, like, I, it's just kind of a rule at this point. I'm not going to have an intake where I haven't talked to the client or the potential mm. client first. Like, I'm doing my consultation first and foremost because I don't want to waste anybody's time. Yes. Whether it's the client, whether it's intake staff. To a lesser extent myself, because to me, I kind of feel like it's less of a waste of my time. Mm. I get paid for this session regardless. But, mm. you know, you know, either way, I don't want to have a client go through the process of starting to, like, 
fill out all this paperwork and be vulnerable and then show up for our first meeting and realize that for whatever reason we don't click. Yeah. You know, sessions and it's not working. Like consultation first to me is an absolute must do. And then, you know, by the end of my consultation, myself and the client are both able to either verbalize our plan. Yes. If we are, you know, like I've had clients where it's like, oh, I'm, I'm doing consultations with five providers where it's mm. like, cool, great. Here's my email. Shoot me an email once you've decided if, you know, I'd appreciate knowing either way. No pressure. Yeah. You know, whatever you decide, let me know. Um, so sometimes it's just the plan and other times it's like, okay, here's your tentative start date, start mm. date, do your paperwork. Here's, here's what the next steps are going to look like. And then I now know, like, I have to be keeping an eye out for this client. Yeah. You know, like I, it's kind of sets off my own process of like monitor my charts, get into the EHR, see if their chart exists yet, check in on, you know, whether paperwork has been completed or if it's kind of lagging, should I reach out? What's going on? Um, and it's made the whole intake process so much more seamless because mm. there was a period of time early on where I would accept folks if they, I don't even know if we still do this, but there had been a period of time where they could go onto our website and just like schedule with the practitioner. Yeah. Yes. I had that happen a few times where every single time I was like, oh my God, what's happening? No, no. <laughs> it's fine. I had, you know, I had said I would give it a shot. Yeah. Um, but anything where it's like, oh, suddenly here's a new client that I haven't talked to. I started realizing that like my preparation for the session was really limited even with their paperwork it just kind of felt like yeah i barely know what i'm walking into even if they did thorough paperwork yeah robust client history yeah i just it felt like rapport was already starting off you know like i like doing a consult because rapport is already kind of there yeah that makes sense that makes 100 percent. and i think um no to your point with the consults I, I can't emphasize that enough. That's something that, and I've watched it with our providers, our providers that do it versus don't do it, and the success that they have in setting up their caseloads. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really, because you're right, it, it not only helps ensure it's a good fit, and that really, so to give some context here, and again, somebody in their own practice could navigate this differently probably, but um, we don't, uh, we generally don't have clients have their intake session until they've completed all the intake paperwork, right? So they get mm-hmm. sent all these forms, they should be getting a call from us about doing the forms and how to do the forms, and then... Once that is done, then we can schedule. Or if they have a session that's pre-scheduled, like through the website, which that is still an option. Um, Some providers use it, some don't. But for those that do, that appointment is contingent on the paperwork. What's nice about the consult process is that a provider can do that while they're doing the paperwork, right? So you can Mm -hmm. reach out and and exactly. And in that way, if they're starting to do the intake process and it turns out it's not the best fit, they didn't just do all this paperwork and, and all these forms before they got to see their provider. Some providers, it could be a moot point because they might do like a consultation that's kind of maybe their initial session too, and they might do the forms with the client. I mean, there's just different ways you can do it. So not saying that common sense does it the perfect right way, but that, um, that is, that's been a, a lifelong policy at this point um, that yeah. our group has maintained that, you know, and in our, in our group too, providers can veto that as well. So if you had a client coming in and let's say they did most of the paperwork, but they were still, you know, we were missing a photo ID or something. Could you have that initial session or two and collect it from them during the session? Yes, there's flexibility there. Um, we do need it long term, but you know there is there is movement in those first because you know other practices are doing paperwork in those sessions, right? Mm-hmm. Like you do have flexibility in the first couple of sessions to get everything in. Um, Absolutely. You know, I, you know, I have had instances where I go outside of my intake process if there's, you know, like 
any kind of sight difficulty, reading difficulty, you know, anything mm. where it's like there's different barriers of inhibition to completing the paperwork. Of course, I will do you know the first session or two, depending. Yeah. Just you know, it's just kind of like my previous position actually, where the first couple sessions were spent doing the initial paperwork. Um, so I will go outside of my process, but peak process for me yeah like I'm very nice to feel like I found my flow yes that makes total sense yeah 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 absolutely yeah so I think those are great examples too where where you might consider doing that um but yeah the consult piece and you know building that rapport the other thing is too I've seen the success where um uh, providers that are doing the consults they're again kind of right off the bat building that rapport assuming the consult goes well then the client's more likely to complete the paperwork and to get set up for the intake session, right? Versus if it's just our intake coordinator or one of our interns reaching out, um, which again, I mean, people Mm -hmm. get clients that way too. But yeah, I think building that rapport during that consult is is really helpful and gives the client more motivation to complete the process because otherwise it's just this entity that's sending them this stuff and they're kind of like, really, I have to do all these forms, you know? And I think we've we've had people drop off or we've lost potential clients just because... You know, they didn't know who so-and-so was and they didn't want to complete all the forms and they went right. elsewhere, you know? Right. It's a lot of buy-in when you don't know what you're going to get. That's right. And what's interesting, like, and again, a group like ours, and I can't speak for other, you know, IPAs or independent practitioner associations, but I um, can say that, you know, we, there's a few reasons why, but, you know, the main reason why we don't um, force providers to do that or say you have to do a consultation, it goes back to any kind of contractor role, right? If... You're, so, you know, consult is generally non-billable, right? You're not going to charge a client for, for that. And you can't bill insurance for that. So um, you're spending time doing that. You're spending your own time doing that. I think it's worth it financially in the long run for providers. So I think there's a lot. A lo- a, I agree. Right. And I'll talk about this in a minute. There's like sort of like a longer game game plan with that. But um, but yeah, so we we can't force that. Right. We can't say that you have to do consults with clients. Um, so it is up to them. But yeah, I think long term, if you're getting clients that are a better fit because of that or you're you know better ensuring that clients are going to fall through the intake process because of that financially in the long run, it's going to be OK. Like it's I right. it's a place where we can give a little right, especially for the client's sake. Like that's you know, mm-hmm. I think very appropriate. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But, I agree. Cause I feel like if I look to my experience, there's absolutely been some instances where I spend the time on a consult and it, it doesn't work out whether it's not quite yeah. compatibility issue issue. If it's, I mean, I've absolutely had it where it's, it's more of an insurance issue where I would be out of network and you know, I'm one of multiple they're looking at work. Like, I'd rather give you 15, 20 minutes of my time and have you feel secure in what you're choosing, even if it's not me, then yes. Then not, I don't know. It just, it's one of those ethical things where I'm like, no, I can do this. For people. I agree. I agree. Well, like, yeah. Let them feel more secure in their decision. Cause I feel like for me, from the client perspective, I would appreciate that. You know, like, yeah, I would like to know that I'm walking into something that I feel a little bit more secure in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And I, I like how you put that, that there is an ethical layer to that. And again, like I said, we, you know, I, I think from the standpoint of common sense, we can't force providers to do it. Um, but I have no problem guilt tripping providers into doing it. And this podcast can be an example of that. I mean, just to be transparent about it, like there is, I think, an ethical consideration there. Right. And a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and again, yeah, and it's, it's a longer term. It's going to be so much more sustainable. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, not to say that every single time I've done a consultation, I've started with a person and they've stayed with me forever and ever. You yeah. know, like it. Yeah. I have done some consultations where we're hitting it off, but then finances change and mm-hmm. they got to drop off after a couple months or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yep. It's we're in the business with humans. Yeah. There's always going to be something. That's right. Like there's always going to be the outlier or or something that kind of throws a grenade into your work. Wait, man, that's probably a little too aggressive, but you know, <laughs> interrupts, impacts. Yes. The work. <laughs> yes. No, and so much more like sustainability in doing the consultations. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I like how you put that. And that is, it's, it's true, you know, and we've used this, I think with other examples and maybe even on the podcast, but, um, yeah, we're, we're not in sales, right. We're not, you know, we're not car salesmen or or people that were, you know, Mm -hmm. we're providers and yeah, we're working with people. And I think, you know, again, that there is a sort of sense of like really owing it to the client to give that opportunity to ensure that this is the best fit. Um, yeah. but again, I think it's a win-win. I think it's beneficial to the provider too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, no, that's a great plug for consults and a big part of the intake piece, like whether or not you're working within a group like ours or you're on your own, um, definitely something I would recommend to, to providers that they do. Um, and yeah, you know, so, you know, there's having your intake process, there's, people being able to get a hold of you, right? So this is something that, and this is something that's come up with us as a group, like just ensuring that whoever's managing phones or managing emails or, you know, um, uh, that, you know, that we're getting back to people. And I know within common sense, my big thing with anybody that's navigating that, uh, it's one to two business days that I expect Mm -hmm. to be follow up. Um, And I think with, again, individual providers or or groups, um, you know, you're going to have points. There's going to be places where, uh, for lack of a better word, shit happens, right? Where, yes. y- you know, you, you missed a call or somebody didn't get a call back for whatever reason, um, yep. you know, that that can happen. But to really be mindful of that happening on a continuous basis or if there's trends in that and, and tending to that, whatever the factors are, whatever's happening, it can mm-hmm. be one's phone system, it could be how you're organizing it. Um, but I know like as a larger group, we've had to manage that and we've, we've tried various different systems, you know, and we've taken what works and, you know, we'll try to build off of that and we try to discard what's not working. But, um, yeah, like that's something that we've had to revamp many times. Um, absolutely. Just to ensure that we're, Oh, go ahead. For anyone on an individual level who is using something like psych today, Mm. Don't put a method of communication that you know you're not going to use. Like, right? Yeah. I've had so many consults where somebody will reference, like, you know, I've reached out to ten therapists, and you're one of the two that got back to me. Wow. Yeah. Not, and I'm not exaggerating. I believe that ratio. I, I I don't want to be mean, but like that appalls me. Yeah. Yes. Yes. you know, I, I had recognized at a period of time where if somebody called me, mm. like, you know, left a voicemail, I had to, like, make much more of an effort to respond because mm. for whatever reason, it was harder for me to find the time to fit in a phone call than to throw off a quick email. Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I kind of know the reason. If a client's running two minutes late to session, I can just pop in and send an email. I can't be there on the phone when they're joining their session. Yes. So, and it could, it could turn into a consult kind of thing. So you kind of want to have 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. got to have the built-in time. Yep. Um, and I realized that, like, 
all it took was putting a little like emails preferred or taking my phone number out of my Psych Today profile. Yes. And just get one method of communication that is actually reliable to me. Yes. And I'm actually so much more responsive. And, you, and that's a great point you're making. You can put that on your site today or on the website or, you know, we do it with our website as well. But exactly. You can say this is the best mm-hmm. way to reach me. And um, as a funny side story to that, and you'll, you'll get a kick out of this, um, uh, if there are any co-owners listening, they may not. Um, but um, we had a situation where, not a situation, but so going back, this is pre-COVID. So we updated uh so common sense uses google voice and we have a um we use specifically a google voice licensing um or we have a set of licenses through google voice with google that we pay for so that the voice over ip which is what internet phone is um so that it's hipaa secure um you can't just use regular google i mean you can but it's less secure and you can be liable um you want to have a right and you, right, you don't want to if you have a paid license behind it and a BAA in place, you you should be good. So we do. And um, what happened was when we first started, our Google Voice was not. It wasn't um, counted that, or our initial phone number wasn't counted under the BAA that we had formed with Google because it was being. It's just like the timing of the account being made. Like we made the phone account, and then you know a couple months later we had our BAA ready and in place, and it just didn't whatever. So. Um, just one of those growing pains. So we needed to come and we could not, unfortunately with those numbers, we have not been able to port them. We can't move them to another account. Um, so I had to, we had to start up a new number. So this is fairly early on. Um, but at that point we already had business cards out. We had a website that had been up for a while. Um, and it, oh, that was the other thing too. It it took us time to, um, it's coming back to me. It actually took us time to, um, create the new number because, I think initially there was question as to whether we really needed to do that. And then we looked further into it and we did. So anyway, like there was probably like a good year, right? That this mm-hmm. old number was out there and it right. starts with three, five, zero and it's out there. It's, it's in the universe. And so performance have it, clients have it. And, um, so what I did was I set up a voicemail for that old number when I, I literally check it personally, I'm checking it like every day. Um, there is, um, it's like a little virtual of mine. Um, but, th- uh, I put up, um, a voicemail, like a, like a regular voicemail for that, um, that we had. And then I had a regular, and when I say regular, I mean, you know, the standard, you know, if you're, this is a crisis or emergency, use these resources, somebody will get back to you, et cetera, going over our process. I set that up with a new number as well. So basically both numbers were still active, but we had the new number and the new number is what went on the website and went on new business cards. We started, and my thought was, okay, over hopefully a couple of years, this old number will filter out, the new number will filter in and... You know, and anyone who calls the old line, we call them back from the new line. So it's just there just to catch those calls, people who have the old yep. number, right? So I thought that's very thorough, great, because some places will do this and they don't they don't go they don't do that, right? And then people get lost and confused. And they're just kinda lost forever. Right. So I'm like, okay, great, we're being thorough with this, awesome. And we were, and we did. I mean, we've captured those calls over the years. And then about I don't even know if it was a year ago, it might I think it was less than a year ago, it was probably within twenty twenty three, earlier this year. Something came up, Some somebody was talking about something, I don't know, something triggered the thought. And I thought to myself, why don't I have it in the voicemail box, like the message that this number is no longer active in the call or other line? Brilliant. Like, <laughs> like yeah, like mind blowing. That's what you were gonna say at first, like I set up a whole voicemail. And no, no, I, I, what I did was, is I set up, I basically, I set up the, the standard, uh, voicemail recording for both of them, right? Saying, you know, this is the process, da da da. I wasn't, I wasn't directing anybody, and 
funny. And then, and, and Emma, the moment I did it, we don't get call, we don't get voicemails there anymore. I think people call. The ritual is ruined. Well, right, and they and which is fine. Um, but they'll call. They they hear that voice, and I'm I'm thinking they then call the, the regular number, right? Because right. and I think I don't know. I actually should go back and listen to it. I think I I I don't say that this number is not being checked because it is. I still do check it. Um, yep. but I think when people hear that, they automatically go, "Oh, I need to call the new number." Okay. Yep. And they do. Yep. So yeah. So just a funny side story to that like i could have communicated that literally emma three or four years ago and and probably saved everybody you know or <laughs> probably mostly myself the, the headache of having to check both lines yes that is so funny yeah yeah that's hilarious yes. but you know what you got there now yeah you know it, <laughs> it takes time um yep it takes it takes time sometimes but uh yeah uh that that is that's something that that happened with common sense but to your point emma right you you can communicate these things to people that are going to find you right again email Mm -hmm. is best text is best um another funny thing that comes up and this happened at my old job actually before we started common sense um i remember it came up a few times and then it's it's happened especially with um people under my supervision in my practice Mm -hmm. um you know they'll get a new client they'll reach out to do a consult to go through the process and they'll reach out a few times and they don't they don't get a hold of them and and i'll 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 usually double check this just because it is a thing. I'll go and you try calling, right? Because what what p- providers will do is they'll text an email because that's what they're accustomed mm-hmm. to doing, and most clients prefer that. So nine times out of ten, you're probably okay doing that, but you s- still need to call as well if you haven't reached right. them. Um, right. Yes, and I've had literally, and I've I've been there myself. I've had people they'll kind of pause and and you can tell they're kind of embarrassed that they they didn't do that or they didn't think of it, and it's easy i think for our generation and, and probably providers that are younger it's easy for absolutely. us to forget that yeah absolutely yeah although i started to be um i've been getting outsmarted by some of the more recent inquiries that i've been getting where mm. they like there's because so i get most of my referrals through psych today just because it you know spreads them out a bit when you're in one of the top like the first page of results you'll get a oh, little yeah. of, of inquiries and then it's like okay cool get my few and move on or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I get most of my referrals from site today and I started to get these inquiries where people don't even put their phone number. So I can't even call them. Oh like, yeah. Yes. They have been outsmarting my system. <laughs> like I'm a weirdo about it, but just like yeah. generally if I'm offering a consultation time and I don't hear back from somebody, I'll follow up the day before and say like, mm. Hey, if I don't hear back from you, just in case I'm going to, you know, I'm going to call you at the time I suggest it. Just, so that if they're free, I grab them, and if they're not, no harm, no foul. We'll we'll schedule another time. Sure. Uh, yeah. But I haven't been able to do that these last couple times. <laughs> <laughs> we've run into that too. I've had a couple. Of, we've had a couple of new inquiries even recently where we just had an email. Okay, right? and that's what we have. And I'm here yeah. for it. Like, good for you. Yeah. But yeah, it was just I don't know. It hadn't happened to me before, so I was like, <laughs> I can't even, can't even call. What will I do? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't outsmarted that issue yet, but I never will. Yeah, so okay. yeah, that's okay. Like you said, it's up to the client and good for, I mean, they know that's the best mode of communication for them. Great. Yep. You know, that's yep. fine. Yep, that's funny. <laughs> oh. I know um, I'm just checking our time here. Um, we're already, I think, uh, probably at our time. Yeah. <laughs> yep. This went by quickly. There's a lot 
a lot Apparently there was more than we anticipated. <laughs> yeah, for, for those listening, um, we were joking at the beginning that, okay, this might be a shorter on the shorter end, just given, you know, kind of just going over like some of the basics here. But um, no, it, it's always a can of worms, right? It, it ties yeah. into other things. Why do we lie to ourselves and say it'll be a shorter one? It never is. <laughs> I know. It's happened like once or twice, but. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But no, I appreciate it. Um, and again, just some of the basics that, you know, we're continuing to manage as a group again five plus years in and for people that are starting off just things to be thinking about but um mm-hmm. i think yeah again the big takeaway is you know consult you know get resources consult don't don't try to just do it all by yourself um not saying somebody has to or should or shouldn't be in a group setting like ours but if you're doing it on your own just make sure that you're getting proper support um absolutely from your community absolutely. Yeah. and sometimes communities is something that gets us through yeah that's right mm-hmm. that's right yeah but yeah, we'll wrap up for today. Thank you, Emma, for for today. Thank you, Tim. It was fun as always. Awesome. All right, and we'll we'll pick it up at our at our next recording. Awesome. Bye.